the sports dance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports dance. My name is Greg, and start spreading the news. Paul's here today, unlike the New York Yankees, whose postseason started a little early or off season, not postseason. That ended. Paul, yeah. how you doing though? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. I just envisioned them all cleaning out their lockers last night and or this morning and off to wherever tea, they go in the office. Tea times. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara. So I guess we could talk about that later, but what a great, great night for baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, first thing we're going to talk about is wild card mania because. Not only did we have from last week to now potential chaos ensue, which it didn't slightly disappointing. I'm not going to lie as much as a Red Sox fan that I am. I was kind of hoping for that four team tie ultimate chaos ensuing on Sunday. Very glad once I saw the Yankees eke out a win that Devers took care of business and got the Red Sox the home field advantage and no other playing games. So that was much more comforting. And clearly it paid off because, like you said, great night for baseball in general. Major League Baseball could not ask for anything better than the two wildcard games they got, which is Red Sox-Yankees, what many consider to be one of the best, if not the best, rivalry in all of sports. And then Dodgers-Cardinals, two classic franchises with history of winning a lot, or at least always kind of getting there towards the end and being one of those teams that is recognizable globally, at least for baseball terms, especially that Dodger blow. So four franchises that you're just like dream scenario for one game only. This is great. If only ESPN didn't broadcast because my God, A-Rod is a terrible broadcaster. It is awful. It's painful. It is. I don't think he knew he was calling that game until they like had him show up at the stadium. They're like, by the way, you know you're on the game tonight, right? And he was like, huh? Because you have to read the screen and we'll put the thoughts in your ear, but you have to say it with some passion. Every single thought he had, I'm pretty sure was a cliche. Like, I think there was nothing he said that was like an actual thought. And it was also very weird timing of some of the things he did say, like in the ninth inning, mentioning that Garrett Cole is probably going to win the American League Cy Young Award this year. Great. Guess what? He was taken out in the second inning. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just that was like the biggest thing I saw. That was the negative aspect. Besides that, the game moved along at a nice pace. I was very surprised. It, 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 it was. It was good. And overall, very happy because the Red Sox won. So let's talk about it, Paul. The Red Sox won the one-game elimination at Fenway Park, 6-2 to two against the loathed New York Yankees. How did you – How did you? what were your initial thoughts on the game? Well, it's not over till it's over when it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. And, hey, these, te- these two teams have been known to come from behind and score a lot of runs. So, Oh, yeah. And, you know, you get that home run in the – uh, bottom of the ninth, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> this can't happen. But you, you don't mean the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> I don't mean the bottom of the ninth. I mean the 
like the seventh or eighth well, inning. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I think it was the eighth yeah, the pesky inning. Pesky pole. Yeah, the Stanton one. Yeah. The fine actual home run that he hit. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean not the fake one? Not the fake one. If you were listening to the radio in New York. Yeah, uh, if you missed it somehow, I don't know how. We'll fill everybody in. John Sterling, the radio announcer for the Yankees in New York. If you were in a car in listening to that, you probably had some sort of conniption because Stanton, first inning, the shot he hit off the wall, not going to lie, I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother thought, oh, man, he just sent another one into orbit at Fenway Park over the monster. And nope, long loud single that's what you gotta love about the green monster guys that think they have it out and don't run get stuck at first base looking like fools and john sterling who's making the calls also did stan hit that and he goes it is far it is gone another stanton bomb or whatever he said and then all of a sudden he goes wait what did i do wrong what did i do wrong? why is he on first base <laughs> What John did not realize, and probably many other people didn't realize at first, is that ball hit the top of the wall, stayed in the park. Stan didn't realize that was not getting out. Most people did not think that was not getting out. That looked like a surefire home run. Same thing happened with his other other hit, too. He hit two screamers off the green monster. The second one, of course, is where Judge got thrown out by a mile at home plate. Why they sent him, I do not know. I think they were thinking about his stride of being about nine yards each, but dear God, he got thrown out. and It was bad. I, the only reasonable explanation could be is Joey Gallo, who was in their cleanup spot. Why? I don't know. He's a 199 average this season. Not good. Yeah, I get it. When he hits it, he hits it a mile and hits home runs. But when he doesn't hit it, he strikes out or does nothing, which is why his average is that bad. Great trade deadline acquisition there, Brian Cashman. But he was in the four spot. Maybe they thought, okay, we need to get try to get Judge home on this because the next guy's definitely not driving him in and we're going to be out of the inning. Well, I think it would have been safer on third base and maybe then he was thrown out by a mile. Uh, the Also, love the fact that the video, they did not cut away from Stan in time for when he saw Judge get thrown out home and just turned and let out a giant F-U-C-K, very elongated. <laughs> now, it's, there's a meme going around, and it's on the unofficial website of the Yankee fan page, and it's a picture of the green monster about 300 feet tall, and it says Red Sox have completed construction to stop Giancarlo from hitting a home run. And I had that sent to me by a co-worker when I was working in New Jersey before the game. <laughs> And I sent him the scoreboard lit up under the John Hancock sign that says Red Sox win. No, nothing. No words. No, nothing. I just, and he sends back touche. Yeah. Well, my brother who was on vacation said he walked into the hotel bar and had a Red Sox hat on, ready to watch the game. He's like, it was like the third inning or so. Or no, he goes, it was whatever inning the Yankees had scored a run to make it 3-1 or after the Rizzo home run. And my brother was walking in, a Yankee fans were sitting there, and one turned around and doesn't know my brother and just said, ha ha, F you, here's the comeback now. <laughs> and then things did not go well after that. And my brother was like, yeah, I'm just not going to even say anything. I think you already know. 
he was like the guys they were not he goes they were not the nice yankee fans that i've met in my life let's just say that and in this day and age i mean it's a game right it is it's a rivalry but it's a friendly rivalry uh depends on well, who you talk to bench clearing brawl with uh <laughs> pedro and not always the nicest that. It's been nicer over the past few years, but I think there's been a little heat ignited since 2019 when Judge left Fenway playing, start spreading the news, or in 2018 after they split the series at Fenway and then the Red Sox just destroyed them. So I think that's kind of heated things up. Plus, you've actually now had some players be in this rivalry for a little bit of time. But I got to say, the biggest takeaway from last night has to be the fact that Garrett Cole got paid $36 million this year to give you six outs in an elimination winner-take-all game. Couldn't even get an out in the third inning. Like, that is garbage. It was awful. And it was it, – it just fed the fuel at Fenway. Oh, yeah. The Garrett, Garrett calls. I haven't heard Fenway like that on a TV in a long time. It is a t- it doesn't see a lot of people, and even still, it's loud and it was impactful. It was pretty cool. It was great. I mean, every the tone was set after Xander hit that two run bomb in the bottom of the first. Things just went from there. It was great. I got to say that. I mean, really, the only person that did any sort of damage against the Red Sox was Stanton. He was had three hits, those two long singles, and finally the home run in the eighth inning. Yeah. But besides that, Nathan Ivaldi, monster game, just cruised right through. Once he got into trouble and Stanton was coming up, they did the smart move. They pulled him because Stanton has had his number the past, past few times he's faced him. So they bring in Brazier. That's when the judge play happens. It's fantastic. So – it was a great, great win, great elimination game, at least for Red Sox fans. And now they move on to face Tampa Bay, which, of course, Yankee fans are like, have fun getting stomped by Tampa. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Again, everything changes in the postseason. Everything is managed and handled differently. So we will see exactly what happens with that. The other wild card game, like we said, is the Dodgers and Cardinals as we record this. That game has started. I don't believe anything has happened yet in that game. But, Paul, if you had to give at least a prediction of who you think wins that game, who are you going with? I go with the Dodgers. All right. So I can tell you, at least right now, I checked. It is one nothing in the Cardinals' favor in the bottom of the first. So we'll see. Obviously, the game's just started. Anything can happen. So you like the Dodgers. I'm going to say the Dodgers because how do you have a team that won 106 games in a winner-take-all wildcard game not come away with it? They have 16 more wins than the Cardinals. And I know the Cardinals have been red hot. Adam Wainwright's on the mound. But again, so is Max Scherzer for the Dodgers. It's going to be a toss-up. I think in the end, the Dodgers' firepower is what gets them through. So, Paul, now we're going to go through our postseason predictions. Who do we see making the World Series? We'll start with the division rounds. We'll go through these fairly quickly. Just a point or two on each division round type thing. You know the drill. So mm-hmm. first, we will start off with the White Sox and Astros. We'll start with the American League side. 
So who do you have in the White Sox versus Astros series? I have the Astros. Um, good pitching, strong heart of the order. Um, I, I have the Astros. The White Sox have two good pitchers, and then it kind of fizzles. So I think we, uh, we see the Astros win that. I think we passed the trash can thing yet? No. Nope. should I bring it up? You can bring it up. <laughs> okay. But I'm bum. Oh, uh, yeah. So I am going to actually, I'm going to go with the White Sox in this series, mainly because I hate the Astros. I do think in general, it's going to be, it's a very evenly split series. It can go either way. Both these teams have pretty good offenses. My key is going to be if Luis Robert keeps playing like he did towards the end of the season for the White Sox, he was mashing the ball. Jose Breu and Tim Anderson are going to do what they do, and that is get on unless, yeah, Breu's playing most likely his day-to-day, but still probably playing. But those guys, those three pieces are what's going to set up that rest of that offense. I think they do it. I think Lance Lynn comes out strong. The issue is going to be if you have to rely on uh, Dallas Keuchel, I think that's what it is, yeah, to have any sort of significant pitching for you. I think he's their third guy up. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look at the uh, what they have as their lineup for starting pitching. But even so, I'm going to go with the White Sox. I think it goes all five games, though. I think this is a long series. We will see. But you have Astros. I have White Sox. Moving on to the one that we care about personally, Rays, Red Sox, American League East rivalry. Who do you have? By the way, just so you know, the past two times they've met in the postseason, it has been the Rays one in 07, no, 08, 08, and then the Red Sox won in 2018. I have the Red Sox. Um yeah, it's a home, it's a it's a homey kind of approach, but they find a way. Great teamwork, great, great camaraderie and postseason experience. And I say it's the Red Sox. And it goes the whole way. See, I'm I'm very similar to you. I do think the Red Sox win. It's not just because I'm a homer. I just think this team is built better from top to bottom than the Rays. The one significant difference is the Rays bullpen, which is basically their entire pitching staff, is pretty good. I do think offensively the Red Sox can keep up with the Rays. I know Brandon Lowe, Wander Franco, Nelson Cruz, That those when they're all in the lineup, they average six runs a game. Very impressive. But I do think the Red Sox, if Sale has a pretty good outing, Erod, if he pitches like he has been as of late, which has been pretty good, and Evaldi can all step up. I think this goes four games, not five. I think they close it out at Fenway in the fourth game with – a combination of some home runs type of thing. I think also what I'm playing into this whole factor is the season ended on Sunday. The Red Sox had Monday off. They played a game Tuesday. They have Wednesday off. They play on Thursday. The Rays have not played a game in three days before this game series starts. I think there's something to be said about offenses getting out of sync guys having to kind of get back into the flow of things. I know they're at their stadium practicing, batting practice, all of that. It is not the same. So I think that plays a part in it. I think they come out. I think the Red Sox come out strong in game one. 
we will see. Plus the Rays are starting two rookie pitchers. I think if the Red Sox can somehow pounce on that with the pressure of the postseason on them, that's what leads to a 3-1 series victory in the four games. Very good. Starting on the National League side, we're going to go with our prediction of wildcard winner, the Dodgers, versus their also division rivals, the Giants, who just had one more win. So 107 wins and 106 wins. The difference between first and second. Giants or Dodgers ball? I go with the Dodgers. Um, you got Scherzer and Bueller. Um, you got Mookie Betts and Bats top to bottom of the order. I think they take the series. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. As long I think as they if they get through, obviously against the Cardinals, the Dodgers have a very good chance to win this series against the Giants. The Giants again have been phenomenal. They've been fantastic all year long. Nobody saw this coming. I do think postseason baseball again is a different animal. The Dodgers have been doing this since 2018, at least with these guys and these runs that they've been making. We'll see Max Muncy and Kershaw are a big blow to them with Kershaw. They said he doesn't need Tommy John surgery is not on the table. And then also Max Muncy did not have a UCL owner tear. There's no Tommy John for him. He's a first baseman though. So it's a little different. He's a hitter. So it depends on how that arm feels. If he can maybe come back in October, we will see. But I think even if you take him out, they still have Cody Bellinger. If he can return to form in any sort of way from his MVP season, they'll be fine. You have Mookie, Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Turner, AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor, who's not even starting in the wild card game, and he was an all star this year. So, how that's possible, no clue. <laughs> and it's just so we'll see. But I have the Dodgers over the Giants. I think that is a five game series, though. I don't think either team gives in. I think that's like a five game series where extra innings happen in the fifth game. Awesome game. That's going to be a great series. As long as that actually happens. <laughs> And then we have the Braves and the Brewers, which we know are happening. Who do you think wins that, the Brew Crew or the Chop-Em-All Braves? I think the Braves, um, they have the postseason experience um, for for, um, years in a row. And Freddie Freeman, Mr. First Base, takes them there. Mr. First Base, I like how you said that. Uh, Also, despite the fact that they are the least winning team in these division, in these playoffs in general, I'm also going to go with the Braves. I do think, like you said, the postseason experience has something to say. I'm also picking them because Scott Kaiser of Craft Brewed Sports is a huge Braves fan. I don't need him coming at me for picking the Brew Crew, which secretly I'm hoping wins, but I'm going to go with Atlanta. Outwardly, I say Atlanta. Inwardly, I say Brew Crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? That way, I technically don't lose that matchup. So I'll say, but internally, I had the brew crew. All right, Paul. So obviously we know who made our ALCS and NLCS. Who do you have as your World Series matchup? So I go back to 2018, and that's a Red Sox-Dodgers series. Yeah, I think if the Dodgers make it to the NLCS, whoever comes out of the other round is losing to them. So... I have Dodgers. I want to say Red Sox in a White Sox or Red Sox series, the Battle of the Sox. It's very hard to say not the Red Sox. 
Oh, I think a lot of it depends on how JD Martinez's ankle is. If they make it to the ALCS and his ankle is better and he can actually play and produce, that makes the difference in that series because then you have a lineup that consists of Schwarber, Xander, Devers, Renfro, JD, your five top hitters with Kike Hernandez also thrown in there. That is a hard top six to run through without any damage happening. So we'll see. I will go. I will go with my heart. I will say Red Sox Dodgers 2018 matchup. The only difference this time is I think the Dodgers best the Red Sox. I don't want to say it, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Yeah. So I have the Dodgers winning the world series in my books. Who do you have Paul? I have the Red Sox winning it. Um, both have elite pitching, both have bats. It's funny, I think about um, an ankle and a playoff. Remember the bloody sock? Yes, I do. Um, I, I, I think J.D. Martinez is a, is a component. Um, I do think the Red Sox, imagine that, everybody had them written off for the season, but let's, uh, let's see what they can do. They've got let's... some experience. They do have some experience. So we'll see. But all right. So you have Red Sox. I have Dodgers. The real question is, if the Dodgers lose tonight, who is then your representative for the National League? We'll just cover our bases just in case. If the Dodgers lose tonight, you got to go to the Giants, right? Because the next – so you have the Dodgers and the Giants, two fantastic teams. Somebody's going to lose. I know. And if the Giants win, the Giants go. All right, so I think if the Cardinals win, I think it's the National League wildcard winner runs through the playoffs because the Cardinals, if they win tonight, they have just been on such a hot streak to end this season. I think it carries them all the way to the World Series. But if it's Cardinals-Red Sox in the World Series, I go Red Sox. So it all depends on which wildcard winner wins tonight for my prediction. Just saying. It makes sense. I, I mean, it, I try to have it make sense. So would you like the uh, Cardinals to win? I mean, if in my mind, the Red Sox then win the World Series, yes, but that is nothing nothing we can predict in any sort of way. So <laughs> I'd rather see a Dodger-Giants series because I think that'll just be more entertaining. No matter what, though, if you want to place a bet on any of these, you can go to BetUS. And Paul, we're going to take a quick break before heading into our next part of the show and hear from them. Play ball. BetUS has all your gambling needs. Make sure you check them out today. When you do, use promo code 12OUNCE. That's 1-2-O-Z. BetUS is America's favorite gambling site. That's not stop me. That's guaranteed what everybody thinks. Go to BetUS to make all your gambling plays on sports and casino games, whatever you're into. Go check them out, BetUS. Use promo code 12 ounce to get a special deal helping us and helping you today. Always remember, gamble responsibly. Play ball. That's right. Always remember to gamble responsibly. That is bet us. Go check them out. All right, Paul, moving on. Now we can talk about some football because I know that's exactly what you want to talk about after Tommy B's return to Foxborough, New England. The news was there, 500-something media passes handed out. 
Adele's Hello from the Other Side. Played every know. five seconds around the clock. And the commercials of uh, that um, submarine sandwich store. Yep. I think he made more money off the field than he did on the field. Well, at least when he was with the Patriots, yeah. Well, they, they don't want to pay anybody. Made that ad all weekend while he was visiting. They don't pay anybody in New England. We already know that this offseason was an anomaly. An anomaly. That was, I really just like blurred that word into one sound. We got it. There we go. It's like seeing an, an anemone. An anemone. Yeah, there you go. So, Paul, Patriots fan, watching that game, what did you think? First off, what did you think when Brady came out? Is the reaction what you expected? The cheering a bit, then obviously turned to booze very quickly. Absolutely, right? He comes onto the field and they just go wild for him. Comes out for his first down, his first uh, set of downs, and boy, did they boo. Oh, yeah. Loud. Very loud stadium. Well, I think it was very hard for everybody to resist when he came running out onto the field and ran down to the end zone, did his patented fist pump shouting, let's go, for people not to get nostalgic and be like, oh, my God, he did it. He did it. It's he like he's home. Loves us. He's still he's still Tommy. He's still our Tom. But, yes, I, I mean. People like him. They respect him. But they wanted him to lose, clearly. I expected nothing less, though, than the booze to come, especially if you saw. The funny thing I saw was the all the little fan interaction notes that they had popping up of like Mike from Burlington, Massachusetts, like in front of the grill, the pictures are like, by the way, if you got interviewed by NBC and were used, you got a great photo of yourself. <laughs> like Schwartzy, my goodness. She, I think it was a she. It was very much a debate. The, the Schwartzy was the one in the car that was like, I love Tommy, but I hope our linebacker was pum- pummel him into the ground. Yikes. And we're like, we love yeah. Schwartzy. Schwartzy is our hero. Schwartzy was freaking pissed, though, probably at the end of that game. It was a very big letdown, but hey. As a fan, how shocked were you by this outcome? Not the fact that the Bucs won, but the fact they only won by two points and a field goal of mere inches to the right would have made it a win for the Patriots. It would have been epic, the win. But it was an epic win for a rookie quarterback. I mean, an epic loss, close game for a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it wasn't a blowout because that would have just continued the, it was all Tom. This guy took a rookie coach and almost beat him. A rookie quarterback and almost beat him. I do think there's something to be said about one. They kept making note of Brady's emotions heading into this game. And they said they've never seen him with the emotional, like, kind of getting to him, even, like, in Super Bowls. So I think that played a part because he looked nothing like himself in that first half. I also think if there was no rain in this game, the Bucks would have just lit up the scoreboard. I think the rain played a factor. I think the ball slipped out a few times where you could tell it was a little wonky in the air. Wonky. Both sides had the issue. But when you look at the game and how it flowed. I think if there was no rain, Bucks easily win. They had a run game going for them all night. The Patriots finished with negative four yards rushing. That's not going to win you any games. They also, their two touchdown drives shocked me. Like, I don't even know how they actually scored. 
So like, it wasn't pretty. It was an ugly game. Obviously also credit to the Patriots defense to an extent of they held the bucks to a few field goals in the red zone. That's truly what kept them in this game. So they definitely, one. definitely think the rain though caused this from not being a blowout and made people think this was a much like more evenly matched up. Like, Ooh, Belichick knows what gets Tom down and out more than it would have. Um, Cause it was pouring. But it poured for both teams. I think. Yes. But I, I understand that, but I'm saying this offense, their big thing is passing. I think rain hinders that, especially when it's downpour rain. Yeah. Cause they like to try to throw it deeper. Whereas I'm pretty sure Mac Jones didn't throw anything past 10 yards. No, but he did. Most were past five. Maybe. <laughs> it really, but hey, they came after him. They came after him hard. They did. And he started moving. He he showed him, he showed that he can play with the big boys. And hey, thank God they had a great defense. Um they could have gone um a much higher score, but I think they had a great um game for the situation they were in. And boy, what a doink disappointment. But hey. I can't believe of how close it even was. Oh, my God. Not only and was it a career-long distance. How many? 35 in a row. This is 36. And then he loses on 37. Well, I was going to say, it was like this weird jinx, but also it was a career-long distance for him. He had, That was as long as he's ever kicked. And it was, again, torrential downpour. So the fact that one made it there, and two was that close. Can't even imagine how you get that ball in position to be kicked when you're holding it. The it's... question is, should Bill have gone for it on fourth and three and try to just get that much closer? Could he have done a trick play? He had some time on the clock. Not enough time that if they didn't get it, they still would lose. But three yards... For their offense of, they like to throw it short. You have two really good tight ends who all they have to do is run three yards and turn. Especially with a Bucks defense hat who had their secondary decimated even more in that game. There's that debate. But they went for the kick. They missed. We know what happened. We saw the hug at midfield between Brady and Belichick. And then the reports came out saying Belichick went to the Tampa Bay locker room and talked to Brady privately for 20 minutes. So at least he did that. Well, you know, they kept saying, Hey, listen, this is a media story. It's not. Well, Collinsworth and Michaels um, said, Oh yeah. When we said at the beginning, we were talking about the, the hype and the hello. And, and he said, well, you guys made this an issue. Not, not us. And Hey, wait a minute. We never said a word, but him meaning media. Media was... Yes. Hey, listen, it sells television. It does. So, obviously, we'll never find out exactly what was said in that meeting because neither of those two talk. But at least they actually had a meeting and maybe one day there will be a book about it. You know, a book about that relationship for 20 years? That'd be a great sports book. But again, great game overall, much better than everybody expected. Could probably not have asked for a better 
game to happen for Sunday night football, Monday night football, the fact that it was a rain weather delay, not we- not rain delay, weather delay, and they're inside a dome. With a little opening, right? It had a tiny opening on the sides, and because of that, they had to delay the game 50 minutes. And who was the announcer that had the umbrella? Oh, Rodney Harrison. Yeah, they somebody he had a was being held for him. Yeah, at the Patriots game. Yeah, that was funny at the Patriots game. That was classic. It was funny because everybody else was holding their own. And I saw a meme that was like, "Can you believe they're making us all hold our own umbrellas?" And it was like Rodney Harrison a bubble of his head going like, "What do you mean we?" (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So great game, great matchup for Week Four. Really, for Week Four football, that's all we're going to touch on because. Did anybody care? Unless you're a fan of the other teams, this was the game that people wanted to talk about and get the feedback on and what people thought about. We don't need to talk about the fact that Eagles didn't punt the ball once against the Kansas City Chiefs and still somehow managed to lose by, lose by 12 points because their defense can't stop Tyreek Hill from catching one pass at all. Don't, don't even know how it's a possibility. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes literally ran to the right side of the field and just like was about to get hit and just like threw it up in the air. It looked like he was tossing it away. Nope. 40 yards down the field is Tyreek Hill by himself just like standing there like hey, oh cool, the ball is coming towards me. Caught mm-hmm. it and just like mm-hmm. walks into the end zone. Don't get it. I do have to say congrats to Andrew Reid though. It was kind of fitting. He won his 100th game as the Chiefs head coach against the Eagles, making him the only coach to ever or one of the only two coaches, or maybe the only coach to ever win 100 games in two different franchises. That's pretty Pretty cool. impressive. And, you know, I know he takes his shots, but can't argue with success. Nope. All right, Paul. So besides that, we are going to go next. Man, I am, like, not finishing my words tonight. Next to <laughs> new segment called Upset City. Upset city, upset city. Yeah, I was gonna do uh, inappropriate words there, but I decided not to. Good job. So, this is where we're gonna predict a team that's considered the underdog to win in week five. Paul, we looked through the different matchups. One stuck out to you, one stuck out to me. Who do you have as your upset city pick of the week? I think that the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys. I like it. I know you would like them to. Yeah. Um, even though you're not a huge Giants fan, but you are a anti-Cowboy fan. Yes. We were for everybody but the Cowboys. And to I'm beat the Cowboys. To fire Giants. So who the heck? What the, is this the alternate universe? Listen, hey, um, Shaquan Barkley played at a very high level. He continues that. They can beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think the Cowboys also might probably look past them a little bit. They have the Patriots in Foxborough the following week. In week six, it's kind of more of a destination-type game of, like, you kind of get more thought about, oh, we're going to face Bill Belichick. What's he going to come up with? It's just the Giants. They're one and three. They barely have done anything this year. I think it's an overlooked game possibility for the Cowboys, who are riding high right now. They're playing very well. So, yeah, I think if Saquon Barkley and the Giants can get the running game going, the defense can step up for a few drives. Definitely can see an upset happening. 
in that right now, I think the Cowboys are favored by seven points too. So if you're a betting man, could be a big payday for you if you go on the Giants and they win. Beautiful thing. Could be. My upset city pick is going to be a surprising one because I want this team to lose every single week for the Eagles benefit. But I can see the Colts on Monday night beating the Baltimore Ravens. Why? Carson Wentz tends to do that sometimes. He tends to just pull out wins against teams that he's not expected to beat. It's just kind of what he does sometimes, and it made Eagles fans happy, but also many times made us sad when he just fell flat on his face against the garbage teams. So looking at the games, the Ravens are also seven-point favorites. The Colts' defense, I think, is decent enough, and I think their linebackers are fast enough to contain Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to matter of if the Colts' offense can get things going through the air with Pascal being their lead receiver right now. It's not the guy that you expect to be your lead receiver, but that's what they have going for them. And Michael Pittman Jr. has had a pretty good year. He hasn't caught any touchdowns yet, but... And then the running game, they have a few running backs that, you know, starting with Taylor and then Hines can switch it up out of the backfield. We'll see. The key is contain Lamar Jackson. You contain him, you win. It's not even necessarily forcing him just to throw. Just make him not be able to run. The Ravens are all about the run game. They have set, tied the... NFL record for 43 games of 100 yards as a team rushing. They got it in the last 10 seconds of the game against the Broncos. That was a whole controversy in itself because they were winning by 10 points. Didn't need to run the ball. They called a run play to get the record or tie the record, I should say. But yeah, so that's my upset city pick for week five. Plenty of other great games, obviously, to look forward to. Games such as you have the 49ers Cardinals, which is going to be great. The Sunday night game. I think if you say the Bills are going to win, you were thinking about it, Paul. It's not an upset. Kansas City is predicted to win by two and a half. That is basically they're flat even because Kansas City is at home. And plus the Bills, my God. The Steelers pissed them off apparently a lot because they have scored no less than 35 points. Every week since, winning 35-0, 43-21, and 40-0 against Houston last week. Can anybody stop them? Um, they are on fire. They are a force to be reckoned with. They are on a mission. The Texans' defense is technically better than Kansas City's. Think about that. Man, I, I got to tell you. Chiefs are in trouble. Yeah, I mean, their division's playing well. So we will see what happens there. But yeah, plenty of good games. I mean, only a few bad ones. If you consider Titans-Jaguars bad, which I do. It's not going to be a pretty game. Jaguars could win. Jaguars was almost my pick for the upset. But I think with all the turmoil created by Urban... I swear I wasn't doing anything, Myers. I didn't have anything to do with that girl. I had no sexual relations with that girl at the bar. That has a picture of me and my wife on the wall. By the way, did you know that? Fun fact. I did not know that. (laughs) By the way, 
it's not great when the owner of the team releases a statement saying he has to earn the respect and trust of the team and the organization back. He's the head coach. He's the head coach. Why You're not firing him. Also. That's a mistake. I get what he did looks bad. Like, yeah, a girl dancing on him looks bad. He was sitting there. We don't know exactly what was happening. We weren't close enough. Maybe she was trying to like be like, oh, this is Urban Meyer. I'm going to totally try to get this guy to go home with me. <laughs> and maybe he was just like, I'm not going to do anything. Because if I do anything, it's either going to look worse or I'm going to get caught out for being like something. So if I just sit here, maybe like I'll be fine. Obviously, that girl had somebody potentially recording all of it to kind of blow it up. Who knows? But did it look great? No. But at the same time, he didn't do anything egregious in the video. And it's not like players go to strip clubs. Isn't that essentially the same thing? Well, it's somebody's getting paid and tipped to... They know what's going on. Yes, but they're naked. This girl was fully clothed and couldn't have any sort of rhythm. She was a terrible dancer. Awful. Maybe she's trying to help. She had no rhythm. (laughs) None at all. So just saying, like, it's kind of a weird thing. It's more so like, all right, it's embarrassing because he's married and it doesn't look good. And it got put all over social media. That's the only reason it's embarrassing in all this issue. Well, in this day and age, you have to be pretty much thinking, I'm on tape 24-7. But that's what I mean. So these players and people that are like trying to shame them, most of them have gone to strip clubs. The only reason people don't know about this is that you don't film them there. Right. So that's what I mean. It's kind of like, uh, hey, pot, meat, kettle. Is it a strip club or a chicken wing place? uh, The best ones are both. Wrong sport. It is a wrong sport, but good good recall on that one, Paul. Right, basketball. Magic City is that what the name of the place is? It's in Atlanta or something <laughs> like that. I but yeah. Besides that, looking into Week Five, other big storylines to look at is Justin Fields is named the official starter for the Bears. So we'll see if Matt Nagy actually knows what he's doing. Besides that, though, plenty of meh matchups. Oh, Paul, the thing we forgot about forgot to talk about with the Patriots. Don't know how we did this. Stefan Gilmore. Oh my goodness. Was cut. Oh no, he wasn't cut. He was traded after being announced that he was going to get cut. 30 minutes later, Adam Schefter was like, no, actually he's being traded to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth round pick in 2023. He was a defensive player of the year two years ago. He probably makes the world of difference to your team if they're actually trying to compete. All you had to do was pay him like four more million dollars this season and he would have been happy. It had to be a personality thing. No, I think it was a Belichick is like, I don't give more money. Yet he gave out so much money this offseason. It's like, give the dude four million dollars. He is being underpaid for what he is as a cornerback. He has been underpaid his whole time with you. You're doing what you always do, Bill, and you can't do it anymore. And he's leaving. Like, there is an issue 
there, it's one thing when you had Brady, he covered up for the little things like this where, okay, we just traded away one of our best defensive players. All right. I guess I'll just have to throw another touchdown. They don't have that luxury anymore. They do not. And I mean, arguably the best player on the team. Yep. Tough. At least Tough. defensively. So Carolina gets a steal. They've already reported that Gilmore says once he's ready to come off the pup list, he is good to go. He'll play for the $7 million. So really something went south in the relationship in new England. Like it tends to with the better players that want more money and bill Belichick. Right. So, I mean, it was a spending spree in the spring. Yeah. It's, it's a weird situation. I don't know what Bill's doing. It, he's a defensive mind, and he's kind of throwing out a huge piece for a team that's saying they're trying to compete this year. My question is this. If you knew inevitably you were getting rid of Gilmore, which I feel like Belichick knew was happening as far as last year when this first all starts surfacing, you said last year was a rebuild year with Brady leaving. Wouldn't you have just been like, oh, on top of that, we're going to trade our best defensive player and get high picks when he's at his top value because he was just named defensive player of the year? And we're going to cut, no, trade him. But wouldn't you have just done it last year when Brady left? Just be like, fine, we're in full rebuild mode. We're also getting rid of him because we're getting another second, third round pick for him. Who do you think is going to pick him up? When he becomes a free agent. Oh, I have no idea this offseason, but Panthers get a steal. And for a team that's three and one in a division with the Bucks fighting for either the lead or a wild card spot, he's going to make a big difference if he's healthy. Huge. Especially because they just lost their rookie cornerback who was playing very well. So it's a great move for them. Terrible move for the Patriots. To put it in perspective, the Patriots. The last three big names they have lost are Brady, Gronk, and now Gilmore. For Brady, they got a compensatory third-round pick when he left. So you're a 20-year Hall of Fame quarterback who won a Super Bowl when he left. You got a third-round pick for. That's it. When you traded Gronk, you got a fourth-round pick, I think, back from the Bucks, but you also sent a seventh-round pick with Gronk. So... Hall of Famer number two. So now you have a third and a fourth round pick for two Hall of Famers. Gilmore leaves. Defensive player of the year, multiple Pro Bowls. You get a sixth round pick for two years from now. Is Bill Bill a terrible GM or is Bill a terrible GM? Well, who do you think sits in that room with him making those decisions? His dog. And his son. I uh, oh, you mean Mister? What's going on with that? I don't know. It creeped me out every time they showed it. With a mullet. I think he was trying to have sexual relations with the football, and he was trying to get his attention. It was bizarre. It was creepy. All I know is a lot of people were like, "Whatever he's on, I wanted to." <laughs> he could be a Halloween costume. He could be. It was weird. It was gross. It was weird. Why they kept tuning, like showing him, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't really know who's in the room with Bill when he makes these calls, but whoever it is should also be fired. Well, it's yes, Bill. Good idea, Bill. Yeah, it makes no sense. But yeah, that was the sidetrack of Stefan Gilmore. Apparently, he was going to be cut, ended up getting traded for, again, basically the same as being cut because six round picks. When was the last time that ever worked out for the Patriots? And they gave, they, 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 they just gave him away. You didn't catch that, did you? Say that again. I said, when was the last time a sixth round pick worked out for the Patriots? Uh huh, but I'm bum. Do you think actually fans are like, oh, Bill knows it's what he's Bill. doing. He got a six-round pick. That should have been a ring with me right away. It should have. But so that's it with Stefan Gilmore. Paul, we're going to move on, though, to our final topic of the night, which is our studs and duds for fantasy football. Oh, actually, it's not our final thing of the night. I have one more quick thing after this. But quick, we're each going to give a stud and a dud to throw into our fantasy lineups for this week or your daily fantasy lineups because basically it all applies the same. So who do you have as your stud for week five? So my stud, I got to go with uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, if he stays consistent, he's the stud this week. I like that you went with your guy that's going to definitely help you if the Cow- Giants are to upset the Cowboys in mm-hmm. this league. Yeah. Uh, my pick is going to actually be against the Giants. That's CeeDee Lamb. I think even if the Giants pull it off, CeeDee Lamb, I think, has a good week. He has been super quiet the past two weeks. Three, like, weeks three and four, he had, I think, like, 10 points total. Not pretty. I think him and Dak get back on the same page. I think the air raid offense is working. I expect him to have six, seven catches, 80, 90 plus yards and a touchdown should look good for your Sundays. If you're playing Thursday night football, though, I will say look for Stafford to have a field day against the Seahawks and that leaky defense that they have him and Cooper cup get back on track, but that's for Thursday specific type daily fantasy and fantasy football. But stud for the weekend is going to be CD Lamb. Now for the dud. Who do you have as your dud for week five, Paul? So not because he's not a good player, but um, Brandon Cooks, uh, Buffalo shut him down. Some people say it was raining. I don't like that excuse. Um, And he's facing the Pats defense, which is a pretty damn good defense in the league. Yeah. JC Jackson looking like almost like a Stefan Gilmore. Be great if you had the sim on the same team. Oh, who'd have thunk? <laughs> uh, my dud this week is going to be no fan, the tight end for the Broncos. I think if Teddy Bridgewater's concussion keeps him out of the game this weekend, the Broncos offense is going to look completely different with Drew Locke under center. We've seen what it looks like. It is not the prettiest thing. I think Font doesn't have a great weekend. I think Locke gets taken out a lot. I don't think he's going to be as accurate as Teddy Bridgewater. And so I think Noah's going to be on an arc by himself somewhere. <laughs> Did you like what I did there? I do. I do. I think that was pretty good. I'm glad. All right, Paul. So before the last thing we talk about, we're going to take one more quick break to hear from Zingo TV. So Zingo TV, check it out. 
hear from us. Play ball. Zingo TV is the place to be for all your 12 ounce sports needs. We got live shows daily from morning till night. 12 ounce sports and Zingo TV are a match made in heaven. When you sign up for Zingo TV, make sure you use promo code 12 ounce. That's one, two, OZ. It's free to sign up, but it helps us oh so much when you use the promo code. And when you get there, search for channel 761 on Zingo TV to find 12 ounce sports network. Check it out today. What are you waiting for? Zingo TV. Sign up with promo code 12 ounce. That's one, two, OZ. Go check out all the great shows today. Play ball. That's right. Check out Zingo TV. It's going to have everything you need for all things 12 ounce sports. All right, Paul, the last thing to talk about is every Thanksgiving it's become tradition. Now it seems that there is the match for golf where they have big names, big people. It's happened now a few times. I think it's like the fifth or sixth time, but they have the next one coming. It is Brooks Kupka versus Bryson DeChambeau. 12 holes, not 18. Why? No idea. Um, but Because it's the day after Thanksgiving and everybody's full. Yeah, so when Tiger and Phil did it, they played 18. I think it's funny they're playing 12. So they're playing 12. It was hinted at at the Ryder Cup where they hugged, bro hugged it out. And Bryson kind of hinted at, we might have a matchup. And Kupka tweeted, so does this mean we're having a Friendsgiving? Get it? Yes. No? Yeah, I was going to say, you made, you, made a, you made a face there, so. No, I think, you know, how long can they, I mean, have a feud? I mean, not long, but I think that's also kind of just a fun little thing now that, that they're doing. So we'll see. They're hyping it. It is. I mean, obviously, you have to hype it up. So, like I said, it's going to be 12 holes. It'll be on TNT, 4 p.m. And it's just going to be same old, same old. But it should be interesting. I'm kind of curious to see if, since it's just a fun matchup, if Bryson lets out some of that big swing driver action that he was doing in the contest last week where he did the long drive contest because he can knock it a mile. And depending on what these holes look like in Vegas, if he has to, he could be on the greens in like one. (laughs) So what are they ranked? Seventh and ninth in the world? Something like that. I mean, they're both very talented. And this could, this could end poorly. Or he has bad feeling. I mean, it's, 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 it could end the best thing ever. Yeah. It's good for golf. They got to do something, right? Golf has to make something exciting. I honestly just want one of these match ones to be like the young golfers and they have to do like a shotgun beer every other hole. That would be fun. Just to see these guys like smashed on like the 16th trying to tee off. Four on the green? Like, yeah, like just bad, like accidentally swings in the wrong direction and none of them realize he's doing it. (laughs) <laughs> you know like regular old golfers do like us i think it's amazing when you watch i don't think they ever showed the duffs and the shanks i just think it wasn't televised because it wasn't cool but now it doesn't it, happen that often though it doesn't it doesn't happen that often but boy sometimes it really is a humdinger. sometimes when i've seen it it's like oh i didn't know that 
that they could do that. I also just don't get how they do it in general, where they just hit it great every time. That's I don't understand. <laughs> when they're like, this guy shot an under 25 for the round for the four days. And I'm like, yeah, how do you do that? I shoot plus 25 on the front nine. <laughs> I sometimes don't get off the first green, uh, the first uh, tee box. We usually just start telling you, all right, pick up. Pick up, it's time. Have, have a drink in the cart. You're good. <laughs> pick up that ball. Oh, you go that way. We're going to go this way. Guys, that says the 18th. Yeah, we'll just meet you there. <laughs> you need there. Just sit on the porch and wait for us. When you see us coming, walk back out. And Drop your ball on the green. <laughs> my last round of last year, I lost my sand wedge, and I know the guy took it behind us. You're going to hold on that forever, aren't you? I am. It really it's going to be in your obituary. I thought golfers were gentlemen. No. Only when they're on television. And even then it's Siffy. <laughs> it's those plaid pants. Oh, John Daly. Yeah, they're great. I wish I could pull them off, but I can't. Excuse me? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I wish I could wear them as stylishly as John does. <laughs> hey, he did. And didn't he wear the white cap? He does. He does. He has his own looks. The mullet, all of it. Yeah, he's uh, a little odd. But, all right, Paul, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Hopefully everybody enjoys their holiday weekend if you have it. If not, well, enjoy your two-day weekend. And enjoy another great, hopefully, weekend of college football, regular football, and playoff baseball. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, nope, not hockey, not basketball. Playoff baseball. Playoff baseball. Because there's there's no better time than October (laughs) baseball where you were up till like 1 a.m. every night watching games because you can't not watch. Yeah. Because you have FOMO of sports. No, just me? All right. (laughs) I've never seen somebody watch sports like you. You can watch three things at once. It's really kind of hard. The third eye gets exhausted. Really? Not as much as the third leg. Kickstand. But all right. So in, what is it, three weeks of playoffs? Three and a half? The playoffs technically can run through November 3rd. So on November 3rd, we'll be celebrating a Boston win. The duck boats will be out in the harbor. On the frozen ponds. Right. November 3rd. Yikes. Yep. There's some great teams. It's going to be a long series. It's going to be a, hopefully a very fun October baseball. It's always much more fun when your favorite teams are involved, like the Red Sox. So soak it all in. If your teams are in it, enjoy. If they aren't, pick somebody to run with that you just don't absolutely despise. They've or just some, root against the Dodgers. Yeah, you've got some great baseball markets, uh, TV markets. So And Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, where everything's flat and there aren't that many people. And the fans only show up once it's the postseason. Good seats all year. <laughs> Until the postseason. Then it's a really hard ticket to buy. Well, all corporations buy them up anyway. I know. But all right, that wraps up the show for this week. Paul, thanks again for joining. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe. Any parting words, Paul? Um, just take care of each other. 
do the right if thing. If we hold on for one more day, things are going to change. I should have been a theme song. I should have had you. I really should have planned that out. And then you could have been like, hit the high note and gone, hold on for one more day. That's what we should have had, Paul. Hold on for one more day. I'll edit it all. Thank you. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, check out all the other great shows on 12 Ounce Sports. See you next week. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.